Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Our scripture this morning is from the 17th chapter of Exodus and the first seven verses. It's found on page 63 in your pew Bible. First, let us pray. Prepare our hearts, O God, to accept your word. Silence in us any voice but your own, that hearing we may also obey your will through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. From the wilderness of Sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt, to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock, and water will come out of it, so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massah and Meribah, because Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? The grass withers and the flowers fade but the word of our God shall stand forever. So many of you know that I consider myself to be a runner. And I am aware how many people think running is terrible or crazy or both. And this is not a story that will make you think otherwise. So this summer while on sabbatical, I had ample time to do some running. And there were many mornings this summer that are, for me, perfect for it. It was in the low to mid-60s, the sun just rising. Those are the days when if I'm going to run just four or five miles, it feels too short. Those are the days when it feels like I could keep going, days when running does not feel like work to me. But then there are other days. You see, we live where we live, right? And so in the summer, there are also hot, humid mornings. We'll have stretches when even at the coolest part of the day, it's still 80 degrees outside. And so this past July, my alarm went off one morning at 5.30 so that I could get my run in before the real heat would set in. 
I stepped outside to be met with 80 degrees of hot and my phone telling me that it was also 81% humidity outside. And so after about a mile into that run, I had a thought that I think many of us have when we are in moments like that, and it's this one. What am I doing? I was on sabbatical. It's a time of rest, a time of renewal. I'm supposed to be spending that time in revitalizing ways when a large part of how I normally spend my time working here at Village, working elsewhere on behalf of Village, thinking about Village, meeting with people from Village, any number of Village-related commitments, that gets taken off the board for a time. And here I was in 80 degree, 81 percent humidity, 80, 81 if you will, and I'm thinking during a time when I am able to choose more about how to spend my time, why on earth am I choosing to do this? And then on this run that was most definitely work. I was struck by a more convicting thought. And I think it was a very sabbatical thought, one that feels very appropriate on this Labor Day weekend, and it's this. When was the last time I labored for God like I am laboring for this run? And it turns out, friends, that even when you were on sabbatical, oh, God still shows up. So when was it? When was the last time that I labored for God? When's the next time I anticipate that I will labor for God? And I don't just mean something that takes effort. I mean something that's going to be difficult. Like the kind of thing where I'm asking God, what are you thinking? Times when I'm saying to God, this is going to be maybe too hard for me. Or to ask it another way, have I fallen into a pattern where I'm too cozy with the idea that God doesn't ask much of me? Have I gotten to the point where I think that my faith doesn't ever require work on my part? Where did that notion come from in me? Because I'll tell you this, the Bible, the Bible does not support that theory. To read through the Bible is to read story after story after story about people who labor for God in their journey. Stories when they had to work for or through or because of their faith. Stories of people who were on their own 8081 run for God's sake. We read about people like Joseph who gets sold by his own brothers into slavery, spends years in jail wrongly accused. That sounds like work. Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi, both lose their spouses, which at that time, of course, meant for them losing their livelihoods and their security, 
ultimately leading Ruth to travel outside of the land that she knew with nothing more than desperation and hope. That sounds like work. There's the group of friends who literally tear through a roof in order to lower their paralyzed friend down to Jesus' healing touch. A woman who bled for 12 years and no one could heal her. A woman whose faithful, trusting heart told her that if only she could touch Jesus' cloak, maybe, maybe there was still hope for her. And then there's Moses. Now, Moses works with God to free the Israelites. That's sort of summarizing a little bit. It's a bit of an understatement to say that it was a winding road to get God's people out of Pharaoh's grasp. But today, today we meet Moses after he has led the Israelites out into the beautiful, scenic middle of the desert. And we have to ask, is this situation, is where they are, is this God's making in some ways? Is it because of the Israelites themselves? Yep, partly. Is Moses in charge of this group, having listened to God and brought them out into this desert? Yes. And so they are out there, and they are lost with little in the way of food, and now they are running out of water, and they are looking for someone to direct their anger towards, and there's Moses. There's Moses, the guy that they've been trusting, the guy that they've been following. And so they ask him, where's this promised land? We would have rather been enslaved in Egypt than to die out here in this desert And mind you, they've complained before. Read the chapters leading up to the verses for today. But this time, this time the intensity seems to have increased. And Moses, it's fair to say, is afraid of them. And so he goes to God and he says, listen, these people are going to stone me to death. How did I get here? Many, many years ago, before smartphones were around, before a zillion accessible internet guides were were there, I was on a drive from Kansas City out to California, and I had some time to get there. I didn't have to rush. And I'm in the middle of Colorado, and I see a sign on the road that has an arrow that says Mount Princeton. And I decide I'm going to go hike that mountain. And I cannot emphasize enough that the sum total of my research was this, that I saw a sign on a road, okay? I did not know that that sign was pointing me to 14,197 feet. All I knew was this felt like a good whim Now, here, in this moment, on this day, I will quote from a website called alltrails.com, and I should note that this is so easily accessible. I found this in less than two minutes of research last week, and I quote, Proceed cautiously on this out-and-back trail near Nathrop, Colorado, generally considered a highly challenging route, 
It takes an average of five and a half hours to complete and should only be attempted by experienced adventurers. So last week I, I read the whole article there, and the phrase on a whim doesn't appear anywhere in this article. And I could tell you about the hike itself, which was dicey in its own right, but what I remember most was the drive. The drive from the moment I saw that sign until the moment I attempted to get to the trailhead. Now, on that same All Trails uh, website for Mount Princeton, if you go down just a little bit, I mean, 10 more seconds of your time, you can read this. And I also quote, the route shown on this page has the hiker starting at a parking area up a dirt four-wheel drive road. What was I driving at the time, you might ask? I was driving a two-wheel drive, manual transmission Honda Element. From August 22nd, 2023, just a couple weeks ago, Nikki posted this as a review. I would say the road isn't too bad, but it's definitely sketchy with narrow roads and tight turns and high drop-off edges. So you want a driver who knows how to handle a mountain. I knew none of this as I happily and obliviously start driving up this road. And so it was a surprise to me. After a couple miles, there's a hairpin climbing turn, and my wheels lose traction, and my car starts sliding backwards. And I panic. I managed to get the car stopped, but now I am in a horrible situation because I can't really go forward, and behind me, I am dangerously close to rolling off the high drop-off edges that Nikki talked about in her review. And it is at this point in my head, and I'm not kidding about this, I start playing out how quickly I can open the door to my car and launch myself out of the car as it might go over a cliff, ideally without me inside of it. If you haven't done much hiking, this is very basic knowledge. Driving to the trailhead, that's supposed to be the easy part, okay? And so I'm thinking what Moses is maybe thinking. How did I get myself into this? I'm not thinking that people are going to stone me, you know, there's that, but I am thinking about how this mountain of rock might be the death of me. And I wonder, I wonder if there are some conversations like between God and Moses that we don't actually get in the Bible, right? Like I wonder if they're out there in the desert on some of the many days when the Israelites were complaining or, you know, after a day of walking and wandering and the heat and the sun only to go to sleep once again in a place that looks pretty much just like the place you woke up in that morning. And Moses is just saying to God, hey, this is hard. And I wonder if God might say back to Moses and maybe us at times, what made you think that going on a journey with me wouldn't include a little work? There are times when living faithfully 
can make us feel like we are on some road that we are ill-equipped to be on, wondering why we are working so hard for what seems like it should be the easy part. Those are the kind of times when I know that I, I have been guilty of looking at the work that God might have for me, and I see how hard it is and how hard it's been just to get to this point. And rather than getting out of the car to like labor myself up uphill to a summit, instead I just decide to go back down. There's times when I decided that a summit or that work that God has put before me isn't worth the work. And maybe you have too. Maybe you've been in that situation, and I like to think that that makes us human. And maybe Moses felt like he was on a road like that, feeling like it had been so much work just to get his people away from Pharaoh And now they're out there, and they're just lost, and they're hungry, and now they're so thirsty. And he's looking at all of it, and he's just saying, I'm going to get stoned to death, and that's if they let me off easy. And now I walk around out here in this desert, and every rock I see is just a reminder that what you are asking God is just difficult. And so we read, what, what does God say? God says, take some people with you. I'm going to kind of, I'm going to point to one of these rocks, one that reminds you of all this hard work, and then get this, I want you to hit it with that stick. Moses, I mean, what? Right? What do you even say back to that? It's one of those God, like, riddle responses that God seems so fond of when it doesn't seem like the thing that God is telling you to do applies or will help the situation at all. But Moses, to his credit, Moses, I imagine, shakes his head and probably takes a deep sigh, and he goes to work. He picks out some people, kind of walks out into the void, right? And here's this rock that God seems to be talking about and that maybe looks different than the others and he picks up that rod and he hits it. And what happens? Water. Relief. Salvation. Life. He thought that these stones that he was looking at, that they'd be the death of him, right? They're going to stone me to death And then he hits it and finds that they contain his own salvation and his people's. So slowly and painstakingly, I kind of white-knuckle maneuver my car and I get turned around. And I am using every trick I can think of, which in this situation contains three things. One is emergency brake shifting so you don't roll. Two is going intentional inches at a time. And three is praying to God. And the spoiler alert is that I lived. My car also lived. It did not roll down the mountain. I get where I'm in a good place and I calm down. And then I have to decide if I still want to hike this mountain. 
And I wish I could tell you I didn't sit there very long to think it over because I did. I sat there a while. But I can tell you that I got out of the car and I hiked it. That, to me, in my memory, is the only summit I've ever done where I worked before I stepped out of the car to get it. And I need to note to you, not all difficult things are meant to be seen through. Just because something takes work does not make it more righteous. It doesn't mean it's what God wants. And by no means does suffering always mean it's God's will. There are situations when the best and the healthiest and the good and the right and the just thing to do is to just quit and walk away. There is wisdom, I believe, in knowing the difference between what is difficulty on the one hand, difficulty that requires persistence and work, and on the other hand, difficulty that is just foolish and selfish. But I can tell you I'm glad I finished the hike. And I'm glad I finished that 80-81 run earlier this summer. Don't get me wrong, it was awful. It was a miserable run, maybe my worst run of the summer. But I'm glad I did it. And I like to think I'll do it again. Not because it was what God wanted in this particular case, but because it reminded me that some things, some things take real work. And sometimes all we are going to see is rock when God knows that there is life inside of it. And some of you out there, you are running 8081 right now. That there is something that God has out there for you and you are working for it. And to that I say, keep it up. That we are proud of you for that. That people are looking at that and are being inspired by that. And there are some of us, like me, we need to be a little more open to a little more labor in our faith. Open to the idea that sometimes God calls us out into the heat or the freezing cold or up the steep hill or out into the desert, and it is going to be work for whatever that thing is. But laboring for God is something I need to be willing to do. I think that, a willingness to labor for God, that very much is a theory that the Bible supports. And who knows, who knows what good might come if we, all of us, are willing for the sake of God to be at work for God's kingdom, both out there in this world, both in here in this place, and inside of ourselves. And so, friends, may it be so. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.